Hello, welcome to the rebranded Selly Perspective podcast with me, Paul Baldwin. I've got here Bryn Aldred and Armin. Uh, how are we doing today, boys? I'm good, thanks for having me, Paul. Yeah, good, it's looking good. And I think this is going to be the new format from yeah. now on, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as for us for his co-hosts, so I hope you enjoy it. Um, today, I think the topic of conversation or what we discussed is university, because we're all at university and we will have different and unique um, experiences, and also as well, I think our main listener base will be at university, mm-hmm. and it's also called Sally Perspective, which obviously has a, Sally has its own meaning, however, it's because we're in Sally Oak in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just give us a bit of introduction about yourself, boys, just, uh, well, do you want to start off, how's, how's, how's your week been? Tell us about your week and what's been going how's on. And have, have you got any opinions on anything in the news? Um, or? My week's been good. Um... Yeah, not been doing too much, sort of pushing out the work as it's crunch time, as every university student knows as it comes to the end of February. Mm. Um, of course, that was a bit of time ago, but <laughs> I'm kicking into gear as it is. No, um, it's the same with me, mate, same as me. So it is. Um, yeah, lots happening in the news. Don't really want to comment on much of it, but... Uh, just any, any, just <laughs> not anything political, but yeah. what's your boy's opinion on... What about my week? How's my week been? Oh, it was Sorry. a natural transition, but yeah, I'll, I'll ask you. Week Tell week. us about your week. My week's week been good. I've been going to uni at 9am every day, then in the library. Really? Such a liar. Such a liar. And then uh, revising from He's lucky till, if like, he gets out of bed at all 1 in the morning. <laughs> so, to be fun. fair, I've, after I've been out with you, you're one of those people who literally sleeping all day. Like, <laughs> all day. <laughs> Don't put this on the record. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Anyone listening, he's actually a, the greatest worker. No one's listening. <laughs> I don't know that. Uh, I just wanted your boys' opinion. Nothing political, like the stance in it, but I just wanted, on the vote the other day, Theresa May's deal, because that's the big news of the week. Mm. What? Well, not the big news of the week, but, you know, maybe something we could comment on. Big news of the century, really. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I I think what I think is it's like an equivalent to Fire Festival, if you guys saw the documentary. You know, you got... false advertisement. But also, it's like, mm. you know, the guy Illusion, there, yeah. where everyone's like, it's fine, it's fine, it's yeah. fine, it's fine. And then the last yeah, yeah, minute, yeah. you know, because think about it, no, no one's really talking. Well, they didn't. What, is it like two weeks to mm-hmm. no deal? Well, they signed it today. They signed it today. There's no deal. And no we deal, haven't. No deal is not a thing. No, no deals. I didn't know. Well, we just came from seeing Captain Marvel. Great movie. Just before <laughs> we went in, there was a news alert. There was a vote of no. Wait, so for those that don't know. What's been happening in the news? So pretty much. No, I'm just saying for the, for the viewers, for the viewers, can Might we you please just have an update? On I would like to know your Oh, okay. There should be a thing, Armin's perspective. That should be part of the show. What it is, is um, pretty much... Let me check that, though. Let me check. So I've said that very confidently. Yeah. <laughs> you explain that, We don't want to be too lopsided on one end or the other. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I think we might have... Alternate views on Brexit. People voted for Brexit for good reasons. People voted to remain for good reasons. People voted for Brexit for bad reasons. People even voted to remain for bad reasons. You know, it's. I think it's become a populist thing mm-hmm. because people wanted to make it a populist thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what, what I think we can all agree on, and this is, you know, maybe some people disagree, but it's not being organised. Well, if this was a private business, there would be... I mean, the simple factor is there's two sides who would always have contrasting views. And the idea that one side should take precedent and then propose something for the other to agree on or disagree on is stupid. It's, it's redundant 
because they're never going to agree. You should have a. It shouldn't be a partisan issue when you're controlling the fate of the country. Yeah, and it's as simple as that. With it's a future. It's not just the. It can mess up the world. Like you know, with our communication with we'll the go EU. That far. Well, no, I I saw a video apparently. Um, what it could do it, because it'll mess up the EU economy and the EU economy is such mm. a big it's what 20 something percent of the world economy mm. and also as well as the communications mm. as I well trade into oh 100% from EU into I mean, England one thing that is worth saying especially as university students bring it back around is that it's quite it's quite harrowing in some ways to to have the fate of your country being decided and having no idea how that's going to impact your future Hundred, like all my like, uni all your, life you're graduating in what Four months? No, less than that. About less than that. Three months. Like, surely this is. I feel like this applies. Terrifying. <laughs> well, yeah, why apply more into like students going into university now rather than us? We're already because we're already in university now. So I feel like with us, it won't affect us that much in uni. But uh, with like because one of the main things with Brexit would be the Europeans, people in Europe would have to pay international fees. Yeah. So they would jump from what was it nine grand to eleven grand or something higher? Grand, yeah. to twelve grand. So what that would mm. then obviously that would inhibit then. What their choices that the um, European students apply to, which means there'd be less competition. Which means currently, well, I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying a viewpoint from the university. One hundred percent, because I right I so, talked to an SU yeah. president hopeful, and he mm-hmm. said, no matter what the view is, I have to defend the rights of my EU students. Yeah. and if they're not allowed to stay, what what I'm quite lucky about is, I'm allowed if I do the process right. I think I'm allowed EU citizenship, yeah. you know, because uh, mm-hmm. Irish heritage. So, you know, I kind of, I used to say I've got the best of both worlds, but at the end of the day, like, you know, it depends if you, Britain is European or it doesn't want to be European. And in my opinion, I would mm-hmm. like it to be European, but that's my opinion. What I wanted your guys' opinion is, do you think Theresa May has messed it up? Because it's mm. two weeks before and she's lost you know, dramatically. Before you get on to that, if we carry on with the, um, the fees and stuff, they actually proposed a new alternative to the fees. I want to know your opinion on it. So they said 12 grand. But then they mm-hmm. said they would lower from... So right now we have a contract 15 hours per week, yeah. which right now isn't that much. Like, You're lucky you got 15, like, I've got eight, seven. Yeah, like seven so right, right now we spend most of our time at home. So yeah. what they want to do is they want to chop it down from three years and condense that into two years. I think they should. Which essentially will be paying less, even though we're paying more uh, per year, we'll be paying less overall. But mm-hmm. then also the university will have a quicker turnover rate, which means the university will be making more money. But obviously the downside would be we'll be going to work earlier and stuff. But that is the that is what they're trying to say with the Brexit. They're saying, so, oh yeah, there'll be fees, but then oh yeah, you'll be going into uni. In you'll my be mind, quicker. that's a better alternative. You reckon? Hundred mm, percent. Being a student rep myself, mm. and being well, one that, and being one that actually <laughs> goes to the meetings. Um, I was, I was to, also, alongside that, yeah. our university in particular, and quite a few in the country, are going straight to just only twenty credit modules. Mm-hmm. So rather than having some in first term, some in second term, it will be consistent your timetables throughout. So if they merge the two where each year you pick modules and they, they're all you do and you do it in two years, I think you get people more primed for the workplace. Yeah. And it would probably balance our economy back quite a bit because you have people who leave uni and then still need these graduate programmes or feel that they need these graduate programmes in order to build their confidence in getting back into the schedule of getting up early, going and having responsibility. But if you, if you have that throughout uni and push them and drive them, then you'll get people going into the workforce ready to learn. Yeah. I, okay. I think I, it'd be a nightmare. I, I think having a bunch of 20-year-olds just straight from 18, <laughs> two years, going straight into the workforce over, like, from, like, I don't know, 20, 30 hours weeks from unis. I think make... it's weird in the sense that when we were in school, we yeah. did 9 till 5. So mm. I know I, I did, like, 8.30 mm. to 5.30. Yeah. But then at uni, 
it's very when we go in the workplace it'll be completely different because in uni like on the main body of work now we've kind of transitioned that was skillfully yeah. done mm. uh, but on the main <laughs> main body of um work with, with uni i i feel like it doesn't really prepare us because we've what, got seven hours yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's weird because it's spread seven hours a week i have about seven hours how many hours. of them are seminars so I have so my schedule is I have two hours on Monday, I have two hours two separate uh, so two separate one hour slots on on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and on Thursday I have um, an hour. Then I have an hour personal tutor because I I have dyslexic tutor, and then I have an hour and an hour. So it's that's about seven mm-hmm. or eight. See, this backs up something I've been saying about my course in particular. I have one two hours on a Monday at five till seven. Four hours back to back on a Tuesday, nothing on Wednesday, two hours every other Thursday, and then four hours on Friday. You could condense those down. Paul, your whole day could be a day. It could be a day. Let me tell you, you could lightly do it too. Yeah. And then it gives them a day or two to do their, you know, if you're doing 10 credits, you're meant to do 10 hours. But let me tell you this. How would you guys feel if I told you that essentially there would be no first year? So right now, you guys, obviously, you loved your first year. It didn't didn't count. There wasn't like kind of... A kind of like I don't know from from A levels or college to uni, the first year kind of acted as like I don't know like a stepping stone. The thing so is, that's kind what of it like is. Slowly brought you into university, True. but then throwing eighteen year olds or if you didn't get being nineteen year olds straight into uh, like I don't know twenty thirty hour weeks that like I don't know count towards their final grade or probably gets them cause more anxiety. I, I think that's remember. a reason because you're adapting. That's why I don't think I'm doing idea personally. I think um, my first year was a massive learning curve, mm-hmm. massive adaptation mm-hmm. because. You know, with you boys, you were already, what, you were 20 when you started? Uh, I was 21, just bring that up. Thank well, you. no, but that's the I point. I was actually only 20, not 21. So. <laughs> but, like, the thing is, you already had matured in that way. Because the, my mm. gap, in my opinion, my maturity when I was 18 now, I think I've grown quite exponentially mm. in terms of, you know, if you can grow maturity. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, when I was 18 and you living by yourself, it was actually quite a big, mm. you know, learning curve. I, I took me by surprise. I think there are quite a few people as well who, not that I'm, I'm saying this is bad by any means, you know, study how you want to study, but people, especially going into first year, take it as that sort of dos, like, I'll, I'll slack off, I'll yeah, mess about, and... I'll learn it all next year, who then get that kick in the ass when they fail a module or when they have to resit some stuff over the summer, like masses amounts of it, mm. where they come back in the second year and that's what kicks them into gear. Um, so that could be a factor. If you lose that cushion, how much waiting do you have to give to your final year for it to level out? True. And even then, that, as you say, Harmon, would add a massive amount of stress to those people, 19-year-olds who might have an 80% waiting of their whole degree on one year. So you're, you're, you're saying what split second and third, what, one and two into 50-50? I think if you had... I still think 50% is too much. I feel like, I feel like the first year act as, acts as like, I don't know, a stepping stone. And, and you mentioned earlier, you mentioned going into 20, we were kind of prepared. But yeah, I, think, be, I mean, I want to ask your opinion. Yeah. Did you feel more prepared? I'll you've be honest, had... I, I did like nothing like prepared me for uni. Because in my, in mm. my gap year, I was taking a few courses at college. I was working and stuff. Um, but still, I don't know. I don't know. Is yeah, that a two-year life experience? Mentally, I was more mature. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But think, you yeah. still can't prepare for university, especially independence. And like, I think the the only um, real difference I noticed was a I'd lived a bit more. So mm-hmm. when something 
knew happened, I was less phased by it. Mm. I wasn't as, as likely to go and talk to someone and be like, oh my God, how do I deal with this? Because I've dealt with other stuff. And also I wasn't as socially engaged because mm. I had my friends at home. Mm. I know who my type of people are already. Yeah, exactly. You knew yourself more because a lot of people, when they go to uni, they want to almost change because they feel mm. like... Or they find themselves, Monica. They want to, like... Because a lot of people, if they have, like, for example, quite strict uh, upbringings mm. and they're not allowed to have as many freedoms and maybe... Independence. Independence. Yeah, big, big shock to them. Yeah, it, well, they kind of overdo it. It's like drinking. You, mm. you know, you see first years and freshers, they true. will literally go for it. But then, but then does, doesn't that, does that not counteract your argument then with the two years? Because if that's the case, they're going to go overboard in their, in their first year, but their first year technically will count then if it's only two years, which will cause them to do even worse but in their first year. But it also counteract, will, is it... How would they get the university experience it, then? Which is cause and effect though? Is it that people slack off so first year doesn't count or people's first year not count? I think I think off. I do think that's the reason for first year. I think the reason for first year is because you know students are coming straight from A level, so they mm. give them that one year of you know what you've come to university, enjoy the experience, <clears throat> rather than oh here's the work. The fifty percent is going to be yeah, yeah. also as well. So, it's kind of that thing, isn't it, where it's like okay, we want you to know that you know what you're on about because I feel mm. like in my course there was a lot of things I learned in college and they were just redoing it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, we're just going to cover it. We're going to use it in this thing. And now it's like you're proper evaluating like those models and then some. Yeah. But what I do find weird when you talk about the two way of 50%, mm-hmm. my first year was worth nothing unless you want to do a placement. Cause yeah, that would, of course. What you use. But it still wouldn't be worth anything. You just need that as a benchmark to go into placement. Yeah. yeah. But then my second year was 20, 25. And mm-hmm. now this year's 75. Like mm-hmm. most of my... Um, marks I've still got yet to do mm-hmm. yeah. so you know your argument there when you say you know you're putting a lot of pressure on first year well what it's meant it, you could argue then that well you're prepared for the last year you've got too mm-hmm. much pressure but I don't get why this last term I mean listen it's the way it's worked I think, I think I'm not going to blame it I think the 80% in the last year actually takes away pressure because you know your first and second year isn't... I feel like if second year was weighted more, there'd be more pressure than third year. Because third year, you've had two years at university. Mm. You know your course. If you pass your two years, then you, you obviously know your stuff at uni. Yeah. So, um, and also so you've for, already got the foundation. Mm. So 80%, if anything, if anything, it's a blessing. Because if you did slack off at first or second year, you can still get your first. You can still get your second. Yeah. I think one thing which I think I've just realised we missed, which I'll bring through to a question, is... In first year, it's essentially the culmination of everything you need, the foundation. Uh, for example, business, you do stuff like HR, supply chain, accounting, finance, etc. You get the full foundation of your course so that people who have done geography A-levels, business, IT, they can all come in and do that module. So you take the first year to learn. The place where it differs, for example, Armin, you do, you're doing second year now and you had no choices of modules? No. No, so for me, I had 11, 11 choices. Do you reckon that should play into it? What module choices? Is that? Do you think that's a good idea to have in second um, year? I feel so, like yeah, yeah, that's true. I feel like it depends on the course. I feel like courses that are kind of straightforward and you know what you're signing up for. That's fair enough. But mm. my course is accounting and finance. Yeah, it's quite so a linear then, course, isn't it? It's yeah, just literally you know. I what feel you're like doing. business as a whole is broad, mm, so true, there should true. be a lot of choices within it. So I would, yeah, I would, yeah, 100%, I would have preferred to choose modules between my first and second year, but I can choose in my final year now. I think, luckily, my final year is, is where it counts, because mm. that's the majority of my percent, so like 80%, sorry, 75% is my final year, so now that I can kind of just like streamline what I want to do. So do you see it as 
final year having that extra waiting is actually more important to you as well because having that I choice it, yeah. means to an employer like this is what my 75% is in mm-hmm. here's a reason to trust that grade like whereas with think for me I have so many choices that it's very unlikely that one particular module I can go and be like I did this 10 credit thing yeah, yeah. can you trust me on that yeah yeah I mean, do you have a dissertation on yours? Because I was talking to someone, like my hairdresser, when I got mm-hmm. my fresh trim. Just, yeah, just saying yeah, for the people. Yeah, yeah. Ginger locks going. <laughs> Massive Stop ginger locks. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and she said that her son was doing maths at Portsmouth. And he had a dissertation. Mm. And I didn't think, um, of course, like, maths would have a dissertation. You see, um, it's, it's not technically a dissertation. It's, mm. like, under the name of extended essay. Oh, so okay. it's not... It's, yours is, what, 10,000 words, right? 10,000 words, yeah. It's 5,000, 6,000 words. Oh, okay. So it's not as, it's not as like, extensive, but it's more, like... It's more based around personal experiences. So my one is kind of, like, professional development. So um, my one is um, I go into uh, internship. Yeah. And I kind of talk about the experience within that. Oh, okay. So it's not like I pick a specific topic over like the course and like talk in depth about it. It's more like, I don't know, more kind of like my experience. Yeah, fair, fair. Because that's like with dissertation, because uh, like half my friends on my course are doing placements and that's their dissertation mm-hmm. would be directly with their placement. I think that's yeah. better though. I think that's better because that's I feel smart. like... That's smart. I, I think that's actually really think, good. Mm-hmm. So the way it works for our year, me going on placement, hopefully... Mm-hmm. And, July, but don't ask me about it. Don't stress me out. Um, um, no, no, no worries. <laughs> um, <laughs> this year, second year is twelve and a half percent. Yeah. Next year, if I'm on placement, you write a report, and that's twelve and a half percent. Okay. And then I do my final year in seventy-five. I would much prefer to do a placement and then have that as part of my dissertation. Sure, your placement. Yeah, exactly. My placement yeah. counts. No, yeah, yeah. Do you think though? And this is because I had the option to do a placement, but the thing is, I think we'll get into this maybe. But in my second year, I, I wasn't the in the best place mentally. So I kind of was just struggling to get the work done. Mm. It was kind of like a recovery period. So I didn't want to go for placement. But then my reasoning at the time was, would it break up the flow of my course? You know, instead of just going three years and then maybe a year out to do like a kind of post-grad placement thing. Was if you're doing work, you're like... Because a lot of people I know who are on placement... They're like, I don't want to go back to uni. I love placement. Yeah, I think placement is like, amazing. I think like if my if my course offered a placement, I would hundred percent take it. Because they, they don't want to go back to uni. Placement is like, the yeah. thing a lot of people I've spoken to have said. It's it can be a bit mm-hmm. strive not to use the word, but depressing going from a job where you're paid and you're you see actively I put in this, I progress here, yeah. and I'm acknowledged for something mm-hmm. to. I'm going to go sit in a room where if I'm not here, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I'll put in work and you may or may not give me feedback on it. Yeah. And, and also as well, I think what you're doing then, you're also, you're depending on your tutors then. Mm-hmm. But also if you're at an organisation, I guess you, you feel like an employee, you kind of would feel like an equal, like, you know, mm-hmm. your, your feedback's not good. When I was in this organisation, I had so much feedback because yeah. they were investing in you. Because mm. I've, what I've heard from place for students, they've got a, a lot of responsibility. Like they're bloody... Mm running some of them were like running their own marketing department for like a week or two mm. because they put a hell of a lot of pressure on them mm-hmm. I think well, a lot of responsibility I think is yeah. the right word a lot of the, the placements I've applied for and a lot of the ones I've been rejected for um, have had a, a very stringent uh, system of 
finding out who's right for it. Are you going to fit in? Sort of getting the strongest candidates, and then there's another stage and another stage. So by the time you get to that point, they're like, "We've already pushed you. Yeah, we're going to now like pull you, like grow you into what you can be, with the hope that you do well. We can bring you back and push you on further." Is that kind of like disheartening, like in a way? So like the amount of steps that you go through Um, to the point where they're just like, "Ah, sorry." It is. is. So our housemate Alice has been to two of the final stages yeah. and for the last one she essentially said you know how can I have some feedback she said oh we just went with the stronger candidates like that doesn't yeah. help me at all yeah. it just means makes me feel weak mm-hmm. and for someone like myself for example I thrive in an interview because I can connect with a person make mm. eye contact read how they're reacting to my responses and tailor myself more when it's a computer and I get rejections without which is quite obviously just a pre-formed mm-hmm. uh email mm-hmm. it can be a bit disheartening it is there's not a, a human touch to it mm-hmm. i mean, but, I know it's it's i mean i remember i went through one stage when i was literally applying for jobs every day for for a summer I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when i was getting like the responses from a company that i don't i'm not gonna name and they should were like, to McDonald's and Highway Company, you got it. No, it should have gone for McDonald's. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing. I went for every. I actually went for. <laughs> no one would lie. I went for a cleaning job in South East London. You should have got a lumberjack job, but then. No, that's it. That's it. Just for the views at home, I have a glorious beard, just saying. Um, <laughs> but, like, I was. And I remember from this company, they were like, we'll give you a reason. And then they were like, it was almost like bigging themselves up I was like we get so many applications and it's almost too much to handle I'm like I think it should be maybe it's controversial but by law they should actually give you a proper response but they're not going to do that and that's never going to happen in an ideal world that'll happen I think it would I don't know about by law um, but I think it should be in the similar way that if you ask for a reference people can't give you a bad reference I think if you go to an interview not by law but just it's simple, almost like simple ethics yeah you should, if that person's taking the time to come and try and find mm-hmm. for you as a company they're trying to fill a hole you have in your company yeah even if they're a bad interview you should in my mind ethically give them feedback what do you guys think of companies mm-hmm. who say uh, it happens a lot in fashion but it starts to happen in business as well so mm-hmm. like with the big accounting firms like Deloitte and stuff they're like uh, our payment to you is our name on the CV. Mm, yeah. So, so I think also as well, I think with any company, when it's a big name, they have so much power. Mm-hmm. And to, to have that name on your CV is mental. You get like 80% mm-hmm. of people, 80% yeah. employees going, I'm on point. So you think straight. it's a good idea? Um, I, don't know if I, I don't know if it's a good idea. It's just the way the mm-hmm. world works. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, I support it. Just deal with it. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know... So are you talking about unpaid placements? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because in, in, internships, essentially. Because a lot of people on unpaid internships, yeah. you, know, you hear you hear stories about it. Yeah. And obviously, but in this situation, you know, you're looking for it. You're going to them. All right, because I don't. You know, big companies they they probably will not treat you. I mean, I'm not, I don't not speak for all of them. Well, that, yeah, yeah. Big they, companies as well. Like the amount of work you do, and like you don't get your hands dirty. I feel like I feel like if you apply to a smaller company and stuff, your responsibility will be greater. Oh, hundred percent. As well, as well mm. with the you're more so. well. Apparently now, but by law, if you're a big company, in, yeah. I think in this country, it's hard to get rid of people. They make it hard to get rid of people. Mm. Whilst in maybe another country, mm-hmm. you're literally just a a cog. Yeah, that's like that's where the misconception is. Like you said, like Alice has been applying to all these big industries and mm-hmm. stuff, and mm-hmm. they get back to her and they're like, "Sorry, not good enough." But even at these big industries, she probably wouldn't be doing as much mm-hmm. as she probably could have in a small industry. And then like 
she's getting paid as well <clears> on top <throat> of that, and it's not just their name on the CV. I think there are quite a few. So talking about big companies, I won't name names, but <laughs> but there's quite Third a few of my <laughs> <laughs> there's quite a few companies that my friends have applied to and gotten jobs where they'll be working in London. So what's the average living? Well, London, London, you get paid more because you're in London. Well, they're sort of getting paid sixteen yeah. to move to London. And yeah, that's not find and trying to that's, that's bad. and get in placement. But the name of the company and the sort of the oh, what's the term they use the like the I don't remember the term but the interaction you'll get will be far beyond anything it's sort of it's again ethically it's just it's shortcomings mm. just you can have our name on your CV but we're going to save a bit of money like also yeah. as well when you when you talk about that story that brings up when you come to placement internships the idea of class because I I always thought before. I always thought the idea that everyone goes to the same education, everyone has the same opportunities. Mm. But then what they do is, like, for example, in top legal firms, apparently you have to take unpaid, mm-hmm. unpaid, like, um, unpaid placement or whatever. Because yeah, yeah. what happened, my roommate, my housemate, sorry, is is a nurse, and she has to pay for our own train fare to get in to work on placement when she doesn't get paid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what that does, and what I was told, I, was talk- I think I was talking to my sister, is because these people can live in like for example live in London and do unpaid mm-hmm. placement mm-hmm. or get paid nothing because they have support yeah. whilst people from working class backgrounds may not have as much support because their family just doesn't have enough money mm-hmm. you know what that will mean is people I mean there's obviously more reasons but the people who can take on the unpaid work will get it because mm-hmm. they can afford it whilst like mm-hmm. people yeah. who are struggling and fa- or not struggling but literally don't have as much money don't yeah. have the ability due don't, to their funding yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's, true. it's a very good point yeah, yeah. And honestly, when I heard that, because you know... What do you think of it? What's your viewpoint on it? Well, you know, so I remember in English that when they talk the idea that in... in so, you know, the American dream where anyone could mm. go... The mm-hmm. idea was anyone could go and make a living, whilst in England there was still massive class. At the time, I was thinking, yeah, there's a class divide, but everyone goes through... I had quite a simplistic view. Looking back, it was very simplistic that everyone goes through the same opportunities. Everyone goes... Maybe exterior, Mm -hmm. uh, external circumstances were different. But if you work hard, everyone goes through the same opportunities. Everyone... But looking now from, you know... um, an older, more experienced perspective, that's just not the case, mm-hmm. you know. No, you also, no, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I went to, um, you know, I, I did go to a private school. Mm-hmm. You've seen these, I, I don't, it's, it wasn't in my favourite, um, but <laughs> you see these people yeah. who have got connections and got jobs and they haven't gone to uni or anything. So what do you, do you feel like luck plays a factor? Well, no, that's not luck, that's just connections. That's connections. because you're... It's kind of the wealthy keep their the elite next to kin. Well, yeah, the elite keeping the yeah. elite. And before, I guess maybe because I was in that environment, I was thinking, no, that, that, that's not a thing. But everyone works out. But no, it's true. Like, you mm. see it. Mm. And that's why, you know, because they want the prestigious names and they want the people who they feel come across come across well. I'm putting this in quotation marks. Yeah. And if that's a person who's in the elite, then, you know, they'll, mm. they'll look to employ that person. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to shift the conversation back onto university. That's cool, lads. Mm-hmm. I just wanted your opinion. I'm coming to the end of my time at university. You guys have still got a year, maybe two for you if you're doing placement. Yeah, yeah. What has been the best thing from your university experience? Because I was thinking about this year. I had a call about student survey, and I was giving my honest feedback. And I was thinking, what is the best thing from uni? And my opinion is the people. I've met so many people from so many different nationalities and cultures that I've almost... I've grown a person from hearing 
their perspective on stuff, their point of view. Like, I've met people from... I met minorities from countries that are like... Like, for example, I remember my first year, I was going out with people from Tanzania who are Omani, and I didn't know that was a minority group in Tanzania. But it was so interesting to hear about their culture, and I would have never heard about that back at home. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? You you Mm -hmm. get lots of people from different... And also, what I like is I've met people that hopefully we'll get in the podcast soon, I've been talking to one or two of them, yeah. who've kind of, who are creative and, and, and like, go-getters, who, yeah. like, have made their own company, made their own Big product, yeah. made their own brand, and you're mm. just like, wow, this is, like, the people I've met is 100% the best thing, because mm-hmm. some of them are inspiring. Like, the course, yeah, it's all right. I'm going to be honest with you, it's not my favourite thing, but it's a decent course, mm. it's well run. Mm. But the people you've met and the, the kind of, the mindset they've had or learning about different cultures mm. is and even just seeing people in situations where maybe they're not they're by themselves and they're adapting and you see what they're like in this kind of situation it's the it's the best thing in my opinion the whole uni experience i just want your lad's yeah, opinion my favorite thing is the work no i agree with you i feel like because I remember the environment in as well. The mm. second year, like yeah. to, I, I thought I knew a lot of international. You were literally mm. all over. I think I was lucky because my flat was like the designated international flat. Yeah. Like mm. the first year we got one guy from America, Jay, and then uh, the next year he was an interesting lad. <laughs> he was an interesting, he was very lad. interesting. Yeah. Lad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this right now, Jay, you're an interesting lad. No, but yeah, the next the next uh, term we had uh, Nathan and then Lexi. No, yeah, I love. I it. thought I, I had to apply for my Irish passport just to hang out with them, just to say yeah. international. The reason why I love that so much is because they probably came with money, and they were like, "I want to go traveling," and I was like, "Oh, I'm here. I don't really have much money, but I want to come traveling with you." Mm. <laughs> to be fair, it, it put me to shame a little bit to have these Canadians come over and be like, "Oh, have you been in Scotland? Have you seen Ireland?" I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> no I haven't." We're Scotland. They're like, "It's only like 50 miles north from here." I'm like, ah, and also as don't well. Call me out like that. <laughs> These countries are so big, like, yeah. here to Scotland yeah, yeah, yeah. is like nothing for 100%, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for us, what, it's a seven hour drive, we don't want to do it on the M1. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also like think one of the best parts has been the independence as well. Mm. The independence, and I think, I think, like, just living in your own environment. I think, and, like, having your own. I think, it's, I think for me, yeah. it's a mirror. Not just living in your own environment, but getting out of your home one. Mm. I think for us in particular, I, I don't know if it's the same for my... It's not Tesla, the same for me because I have a different relationship. Marlo has a massive bubble to it. Yeah. I think, mm. especially with people from us who are from a tiny little town, getting out of a place where everyone thinks the same, and as you guys say, incorporating different views in, it's a massive growth for the person. Mm-hmm. You know what I was surprised about? Um, no. Coming to Birmingham, oh, Birmingham. <laughs> didn't explain my point. That's a fair play. Um, what I was surprised about is how, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. I don't really want to, you know, have massive political like biases, but I was surprised how middle class my schooling was in the sense of everyone was conservative and middle class. There was no one who diverted, and the people who did divert. Yeah they didn't divert that much and then they were marked out was here you've got people from every walk mm. of life mm-hmm. every view and whatever and it's like you may realise like those people all uh, a lot of them had the same view living I mean I don't want to say living in a bubble because that's harsh and aster- that might be class stereotyping but they all had similar outlooks 
and you know you kind of were just like oh this is mm-hmm. this is you know this is what England's like this is mm-hmm. whatever and and you when you meet people who are not f- from outside your place uh, home place and you they come from different areas yeah. have different circumstances you know it does broaden your world no, no, no mm-hmm. I agree with you I think like I don't know how you feel Bryn, but because like coming from Marlow mm. shout out Marlow you mentioned Big diversity Marlow is predominantly like nine ten percent white isn't it yeah Marlow predominantly and we're going on to race and, this uh, could be fun and um, and um, my deciding well I was deciding between Liverpool and um, yeah and because both of you were Liverpool, we were both and, Liverpool and Birmingham mm. and I think for me the deciding factor as you mentioned was the diversity yeah I think I like the fact there was like these Asians there's white there's Chinese it's not even just it's everybody so there's every, like there's, that's 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 one of the reasons I chose it mm. yeah no I, I love the diversity yeah. in Birmingham the diversity is great I was full on about the environment just compared Liverpool to Birmingham so Birmingham itself is a big city second in the country big up big up it like depends on I like your, how we're big enough though yeah, if you're yeah, a geography <laughs> if you're a geography nerd like myself that is up to interpretation I'll explain that right, later thank you very much we'll leave that out for another time um, <sighs> but yeah but in particular and Edge Baston which is where you, we started on the Vale at University of Birmingham it's it's very green compar- comparative to Liverpool not compared to home Mm. But because Chilton Hill is very green, there's trees. Really? <laughs> simply, yeah. But, Went to Liverpool and it was very grey, very interesting, yeah. industrial. You know what I find funny about that mm. is your first year was in the Vale, stunning place. Like mm. I can't put into words how stunning mm. for a university place it was. My first, yeah, just walking around the lake. Oh yeah, the lake, stunning. Like mm. literally, so stunning. Um, but like I used to love walking to yours, like oh, mate. But my like f- mine as well. <laughs> oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> With my first year, because I'm not in Europe B, I'm a BCU. I got a complete different interpretation of Birmingham, mm. um, and again, this you know this is always up for debate. Every time you hear it, but you hear Birmingham is the greenest. What are you saying? Um, Ali, um, we're doing a join podcast. Join the podcast, Ali. Do you want to join you the podcast? You came in the perfect time. Oh, am I in the podcast? Yeah. 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 Join in. This feels amazing, this, this, this is live to 100 viewers right now, but join yeah, in. This yeah, is yeah. Ali over here, guys. This is Ali. Fire. Ali is Bryn and Almond's housemate. Um, i just... Small grandma. Small grandma, apparently. I'm not apparently that Apparently, that's my name. Never been called that before. Absolutely. <laughs> and by the way, we've just got to say no swearing. It's a non-explicit yeah, podcast. Alice. Just because uh, you're a newcomer. Because yeah. you've got a potty mouth. I'm joking. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm actually quite um, not rude. <laughs> <laughs> well put, well put. Uh, so what's your interpretation of Birmingham? Come from London, this is an interesting viewpoint. Because, you know, London of is... Birmingham the city or... No, university. Birmingham University. Hmm. Well, I came to Birmingham over some other unis because I thought it'd be um, more diverse in terms of That's what we said. That are at the university, where in fact, um, that's not quite what it's like, if I'm honest. What, do you not think it's diverse? No, I really don't. What, the town or the uni? The uni. Our uni is literally all from Surrey. Yeah. Literally everyone's from Surrey. The amount of people I meet and I'm sort of chatting, I'm like, you from Bucks? Yeah. (laughs) Because that's, that's the thing, that's um, got, coming from, again, what I was saying, coming from BCU, 
like UOB is like where people go to uh, Birmingham from other parts of the country yeah. and normally because UOB is Russell Group it tends yeah. not all the time but it tends to attract people from home counties yeah. from London or whatever whereas BCU is more of a local uni to Birmingham mm-hmm. it's more Midlands so yeah. if I know for a fact that BCU so it's five unis in Birmingham if you didn't know BCU had the highest percentage of people who actually came from the West Midlands going to BCU really? yeah uh, you hear it all the time like I, I'm with my vo- I'm with my voice I'm like the odd one out yeah. because they're all from the Midlands. Um, well, my well I was saying because you guys had that green environment BCU in my first year I was in a concrete jungle. Yeah. And I thought, oh, someone else is gonna come in as well. Oh, Dan, hello, and I'm doing a podcast. You want to join in? Dan, this is big life, views, this is big life, views. life for 500 dollars right now. So 500 is the minimum, man. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Nice necklace, by the way. <laughs> it's a chain, it's not a necklace, It's a chain. <laughs> when are you releasing the mixtape? <laughs> <laughs> Dead banter there, on me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is just a party now, if you want to join in. Um, <laughs> five's a crowd. Yeah. I'm making this really awkward, I'm going to carry on. Um, so yeah, no. What I do find funny is is with BCU and UOB, we all have apparently there's some you know like there's not rivalry. We win before you say it. There's not. Well, rivalry. there's perceptions. Do you know what well, I mean? Like I've, I've, I've literally never had a rivalry. Of what? I've literally never had a rivalry. I've, I never even had a BCU. That's how. I remember. <laughs> 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 what even is that? Um, <laughs> I even went to it. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, no, because that, that's a, like you probably didn't know there was five unis in Birmingham. I didn't learn. Oh, I, thought, I thought there was, was five. UAB in the entire country. <laughs> you know how close they were. Yeah, all having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally just walked in on this. I have yeah. no idea what's going on. No, this was actually. The I've plan. lost my debit card and I need to find it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. Why she's downstairs. <laughs> so um, we've lost so the yeah, train. That's why I came to Birmingham. Um, what do you think? How do you think Birmingham compares to London? Because in my opinion, it's it's what's a nice way to put it. London is so um, it's um, <laughs> it's a B Tech version. Sorry to everyone who takes B Tech. Oh, 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 sorry. We have to apologise for that. We're not a controversial podcast. <laughs> it's okay. I have a friend here, Brent. He did B Tech. Don't worry. I have a I friend. I can say what I want. Before I came to uni, um, B Techs were just that thing on Facebook, where it's like a meme from those people. All being I'm like, saying, all I'm saying is. I have, all three of us did. Don't I, have, I have a friend who's got a B-Tech is at Durham. Yeah, just saying. Yeah. Shout out B-Techs. Dan went to college. What are you about? Employers say B-Techs give you more work-like experience. Just saying. From well, they got into the same uni as me, so. Yeah. 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 Well, Paul didn't. Paul's not at uni. <laughs> yeah, Paul, you? I didn't apply for UAB, okay? Oh. <laughs> My sister came here, though. I'm just saying. That's probably one of the reasons. Yeah. Actually, no. that's why I came here. Weird brag. <laughs> no, that's one of the reasons why. That's why, I came, I that's why everyone came. Sister. Sister. <laughs> sister. But that's one of the reasons that actually I came I... because of Paul. Actually, <laughs> so pretty much the story is these two came up and they were deciding between Birmingham and Liverpool, and Liverpool. because of my, mm. you know, um, aura of personality. Just on its own, they said we're going to Birmingham. That's I was the only way. Birmingham and Exeter. Just such lies. <laughs> <laughs> Exeter. Yeah, Exeter. Uh, was was, Exeter was my third choice. Yeah, well. Exeter was my backup. Leeds Trinity was my third choice. I remember you were keen on. Never it. even heard of them. Leeds Trinity well. had the highest graduate earning average in the country. Actually, can I say something? Whatever uni you go to. You can't swear though. 
Yeah, I'm not going to. Okay. Hey, I don't be controversial. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm just giving people what they want to hear. <laughs> whatever uni you're Shales at. Salesman there. No, whatever uni you're at, and if you're in first year and you're thinking, why the hell did I come to uni? <laughs> no, I think this is like quite a good point. I'm just interested to see what like, just stick it out because second year is so much better than first year just oh, because 100%. you like I'll I can't tell you what it is but you just feel like you know everywhere a lot better like you're more comfortable just like basically doing nothing and you don't <laughs> no but like you, you learn you learn well, no but like you feel like bad for doing nothing because you've come uh, from yeah, college whereas yeah, in, yeah, yeah. when you've had a year of doing nothing second year kind of like you just feel more comfortable so stick it out mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, well, that's yeah. A, a good point well made. I think we can all agree on that. Big uh, turn of events. <laughs> Ali is asking for Bryn's car keys. It's going to say yes or no. Top middle thing. Did you just say ting? From the Chilton Hills, he's saying ting. Come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. cool. huh? Is your door open? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think we've got to round it up there. We could have talked more. I think we had, you know, that wonderful surprise of uh, Bryn and Armand's housemates sharing their experiences. I mean, Any... we didn't even listen to them, but it's fair enough. He did <laughs> well, stand there and wait, but we did listen to it. <laughs> well, he can be a guest another time. Um, one thing, like, you know... We're not going to get into any deep stuff or whatever in terms of... We're just having a fun podcast to start off just to get the flow. I just want to get your final thoughts. Have you guys enjoyed your first ever podcast? It's an experience. It's very yeah. interesting. It's good, isn't it? Like, you're talking, but you feel like you have to add something well, to a normal I enjoy anything I do with you. Okay. Oh, man. I mean, it's one of the most yeah. lovely people you ever meet in your life. Stop little <laughs> Oh, man. It's a bloody... It's what you got to But like that, it's a podcast in itself. <laughs> <laughs> I've really enjoyed this. Any final thoughts on the uni conversation, lads? Uh, go to uni. Yeah. yeah. What I think, don't be put off by the nine don't grand. Don't do drugs. Because it's different. Stay in school, kids. The <laughs> <laughs> nine grand is, is you know, a, not yeah. a, I'm not going to say fake debt, but it's a debt when you're earning and you apparently earn more at uni and it depends on your earning. I would say to people, it's not for everyone uni. But and also most of the people who listen to this probably go to uni. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not maybe what you think, mm-hmm. uh, but I would recommend giving it a try. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to come to uni, um, but yeah. Um, Bring which car's yours? Uh, no, carry on. <laughs> We're finishing anyway. The blue one. The, the That's blue right one. outside. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's. So yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. What are we doing next? We got any idea for next week? I think what we plan to do YouTube. I think the topic ah, of conversation. No, is it? Can we watch YouTube videos then? If you no. ramble on for a little bit. Well, the idea was. I put up David Bo- Dobrik as a vote. So we're doing that kind of Marvel spoil at the end, maybe oh, credit scene, end credit scene. Oh, is this the end credit scene? This right is now? the end credit scene. This is what we're going to show for next. Next what week. We're going to speak. For the next week. YouTube. This is what I thought about YouTube because you YouTube know how social media legacy capture. Is our generation going to move onto social media and YouTube, or is it all going back to TV eventually? Because well, the is thing our is, our generation going to move onto social media. Is our generation to... captured and a legacy will be brought where everyone moves online and TV dies out? Do we believe that's a? It's just a blip on the radar and conventional media, you know, movies, TV will continue in the way they have. It'll be an interesting. Because... Thing. Because... Talk for next week. Yeah, I think that's already started. 
Ooh, but the thing is, oh, with YouTube, so for example, if you look at the most popular YouTube, it's just to add in to the cauldron, adding my little bit of spice there. Um, you no, know, you got there's no there's no camera, no one can. See. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this to me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do have fun. Um, with YouTube, it's more aimed at younger people, we could all agree, like mm-hmm. teenagers, 20s. And, you know, you hear people, big YouTubers, who say YouTube is taking over uh, mainstream media, taking over TV. But the thing is, because YouTube is based towards an age demographic, will that move on? Will you, because YouTube would have to adapt mm-hmm. if it's going for 40-year-olds. Because 40-year-olds, no matter what generation they grew up in, are not going to be the same as they were when they are 20. Yeah. It will YouTube move? Will when we're forty, our generation will YouTube will adapt and move on? Now we're going. Yeah, no, we watch YouTube videos all the time. You know, it's our main force. Mm-hmm. Or will it always be for a set age demographic? And then you know, you get new creators. Then it, it's an interesting, interesting question because we're we're at a transition it's an, point. It's an interesting topic and one we'll discuss next time. I'm gonna <laughs> ramble on like if you heard my last podcast is what I did. So forty four minutes sixteen seconds so far. I, I'm like gonna. Felt like one minute. Like Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna love you and leave you. Uh, this has been Paul Baldwin, uh, Bryn Aldrin. This has been Armin Sony. Uh, I, young Armin, and I'm going to leave it there. You can catch um, me. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> my, Snapchat, my Patreon is in the bio. <laughs> he doesn't have a Patreon. Don't put your money towards it. Okay, so we'll see you next week, guys. Um, normally it's weird. I hear a podcast. Normally it's whisper in an Irish voice, but because I listen to an Irish podcast, um, so I'm rambling again. So I'm going to stop now. <laughs> have a good week, guys. And we're going to get to the 45 minute mark just for bants. I don't believe I said that. And goodbye.